my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Math & Magic, a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Bob Piffman. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. There's no question the coronavirus has disrupted our natural way of life. This weekend, as high school and college graduates around the country miss their traditional end-of-year celebrations, we at iHeart wanted to do something to mark the occasion. So we gathered some friends, important leaders, creators, athletes, and thinkers, and we asked them to give a personalized graduation address. Then we took those speeches and put them out as a podcast called Commencement. And we broadcast the speeches on the radio as well. It was a small gesture, but it felt good as a company to unite behind it. Hearing from people like Abby Wambach, David Chang, Bill Gates, Mary J. Blige, Eli Manning, and Katie Couric, well, it was inspiring. 
The words are meaningful, not just to graduates, but to anyone taking on the world. So for today's episode, I thought I'd pick a few inspiring lessons I heard in commencement. Life lessons that can be applied to marketing and business, starting with some advice from X, Alphabet's Moonshot Factory. And it comes from the captain of Moonshots himself, Astro Teller. For as long as I can remember, I've wanted to create an invention machine. Not an actual physical machine, but a place where groups of passionate, talented people can throw themselves unleashed and unfiltered at the problems they care about most and emerge with radical solutions that are 10 times better than anything that's been possible before. I've always imagined such a place as the love child of 1960s NASA and Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. I've been trying various iterations of this since I was in my 20s, and I'm now 10 years into building a moonshot factory, a place where we bring the audacity and optimism embodied by the space race to inventing and launching technologies that could help solve the world's most pressing problems. Problems like food scarcity, internet connectivity, and clean energy. Born Google X, now just X, We've created things like self-driving cars, delivery drones, and Verily, the healthcare arm of Alphabet. What bothers me is that X shouldn't be the only moonshot factory. We need more, many more. Not just big formal moonshot factories. We need millions more people waking up every day more creative, more brave, more urgent to find 10x solutions to the world's biggest problems. I know there's lots of intelligence, desire, and resources being invested already. No one gets up Monday morning saying, This week I'm going to make incremental progress. And yet, That is almost exclusively what happens, and it doesn't need to be that way. We are all superheroes. The ability and aspiration is there, even if it's buried deep in some of us. What's holding us back as individuals and organizations is the strong gravitational pull towards conventional ways of thinking and behaving. Most of us have been conditioned by the environment around us not to fail not to take risks, not to make anyone uncomfortable, especially if that person is your boss. So most of us end up being too cautious, too afraid to rock the status quo or mess something up. And the irony is it works the other way around. The most powerful and painful epiphany of my life was to stop hiding my inner weirdo. You don't get joy, power, money, a sense of purpose, whatever you crave, by protecting yourself. You get those things and you protect yourself best by unleashing yourself. Everyone thinks it's someone else's job to come up with the weird new ideas and take the big risks. Big companies think radical thinking is for startups. Startups say it's the big guys who have all the resources. Universities do great research, but aren't set up to build real-world solutions. Governments get mired in short-term problems. And there you have it. Suddenly, it's no one's job, even when it should be everyone's job, to help solve the problems of our time. I'm 49. I've had to create a special brand for myself as a useful crazy person. 
because I'm supposed to know better. And so I need air cover for saying things that aren't normal. Your ideas are unfettered. Your perspectives are fresh. And your being young gives you air cover for throwing out crazy ideas. So go for it. Let them rip. You have another big advantage. You don't already know the answers. And unlike the experts, you know you don't know the answers. There are still lots of jobs in which experience saves a ton of time and hassle. But when the answers to current problems are far over the horizon and all the rules have suddenly changed, like we've just seen, the experts' belief they know the solution and just have to implement it is why they will fail. Experimenting, iterating, and learning is the only way forward, and doing that is a lot easier with your advantage. You can admit ahead of time you don't have the solution up front. For extremely complex problems like the world is facing today, there are no answers. There is no playbook. I love what Astro says about embracing your inner weirdo. It's advice we've heard on this program a lot, whether it was Shaggy talking about tackling music in a new way, or Scott Hagedorn talking about new ways at looking at data, or even David Solomon, the CEO of Goldman Sachs, talking about embracing his hobby as a DJ in his free time. Speaking of David, in his commencement speech, he shared a lesson about time, a commodity you can't make more of. Here's how he learned to make the most of it. I've worked on Wall Street for over three decades, and our work involves, at times, an array of valuable commodities, stocks, bonds, gold, silver, oil, you name it. But even a banker will tell you the most precious commodity of all is time. No matter how smart and creative you may be, you cannot create more time. And once you've spent it, there's no way to get it back. One of the great lessons my father taught me was the value of time, and more important, how to be a good steward of this finite commodity. I was a teenager frustrated that I couldn't fit into my schedule everything that I needed and wanted to get done. Academics, sports, friends, the rest of high school life. So my father had me go through an exercise I'll never forget. With a simple printed calendar, he had me write in each day's box what I needed to get done, including eating and sleeping and how long I thought I needed to do it. I protested, of course, but when I was done, I realized that I still hadn't filled my day. There was more time, if I spent it wisely. Gradually, I learned to be very intentional with my time, how I spent it, what I wasn't willing to give up. I budgeted my time a lot tighter and in the process discovered more of it, more time to get things done, to explore new things, to do what really mattered to me. To this day, I make sure that even with the jam-packed schedule of a CEO, I make time outside my day-to-day to be with people from different industries and with different backgrounds. Time spent fostering relationships with diverse people who enrich my thinking and challenge my assumptions makes life a whole lot more interesting. It also makes me a better person and, in turn, a better CEO. I hope you'll be a good steward of the gift of time. Invest it wisely in yourself and others with people who think differently than you do, people you love, people who love you, some who challenge you, and more than a few who believe in you. As we looked on social media for themes to cover, confidence is one thing that always comes up. How do you build it for yourself? But also, how do you infuse it in your team's culture? Abby Wambach 
has some thoughts on that. As two-time Olympic gold medalist and FIFA Women's World Cup champion, she describes the moment she helped secure the World Cup championship and why believing in yourself is just as important as believing in the greatness of your team. I see my teammates running toward me from every direction on the field and from the bench. They are screaming and laughing and hugging, high-fiving, chest-bumping. And as they rush towards me, each of their amazed faces asking, did we just do this? Did we just save our World Cup life in the last second? What the hell just happened? What happened is that we believed. What happened is that we never stopped believing. There is a chant that the national team's loyal fan club, the American Outlaws, cheer from the stands. It has become the lifeblood pumping through our national team's veins. It goes like this. I. I believe. I believe that we. I believe that we will win. I believe that we will win. I believe that we will win. Graduates, as you step out into an uncertain world, I want to tell you why this chant should become the lifeblood pumping through your veins too. I, I believe. You must believe in the I. You must believe in yourself. That World Cup play doesn't happen if each player doesn't step up and claim her specific power and skill to deliver the impossible. Christy, Krieger, Carly, Pino, each had to believe she was good enough and ready to execute her part within the broader play. None of those women could alone control the ultimate outcome of the game, but each was hell-bent on controlling what she could control. Her part, her moment, her belief. Collective success is determined by individual accountability. The greatest teams are made up of individual players who each relentlessly believe in their own greatness. Graduates, in this moment, as you step out into the world, you don't know what fields you'll be on, how high the stakes may be, but you can know this for sure. There is a part out there that only you can play. When the ball comes to you, and it will, you will have to decide that you're good enough. No one else can decide that for you. Be bold. Be audacious. Believe in yourself, especially when no one else does. And when the ball does come to you, when it's your turn to make a difference, show up like our collective future depends on you. Because it does. I, I believe, I believe that we, you must believe in the we. Speaking of teams, Chef David Chang has been a star in the restaurant scene for a while now. He cut his teeth with a legendary Momofuku, and he's now an author and TV personality as well. But in his speech to young graduates, he made it clear that one of the biggest lessons he learned along the way is it isn't always about you. Here's how he learned to take the focus off himself and think about his team's happiness. Because I'm a chef now, you might think that things clicked when I wound up in cooking school at 22, but that would be incorrect. I did have a good feeling about cooking, but I was so mediocre. 
In fact, I was just bad that one of my classmates actually quit the program because of my lack of talent. I'm not kidding. They told her that I was going to be her partner for one semester and that she couldn't switch. So she decided to drop out and be my partner. I stayed at cooking school mostly because I had exhausted all other options. It's crazy to think, but by my mid-20s, I had worked so many jobs and tried so many things, I'd seen a good chunk of the world too, yet I was convinced that it was all a waste. I looked at my friends and could not believe how far ahead of me they were. Maybe some of you know that feeling, and if you don't, I'll tell you the same thing. Life begins right about where you are right now. Conventional wisdom says that college is the time to experiment, but now is when you can truly accumulate data to your advantage. This is the moment in your lives to be selfish. So use it and be smart about it. Welcome all the heartache, disorientation, and joy that you can. Most of all, lean into situations that might lead to mistakes. You have to taste failure so much and so early so you know how to deal with it later on when the stakes are higher. On some days, it may feel like it's just too damn hard, like it's not worth climbing back up that mountain again. But you have to keep going. It's as simple as this, honor your time here. But just as I urge you to look inward, to find yourself, your voice, and your purpose, I want to tell you that conviction can also be dangerous, or at least it was for me. Five or so years into Momofuku, the company had gone from being an army of one into employing over 100 people. Now we have several hundred, and they were all unhappy. The problem was me. I was miserable to work for, In my fanatical quest, I was blind to those around me and their needs. In my little world, all that mattered was good for me. This somehow had an immediately affected the quality of our work, but that luck didn't last forever. Not only did our magic spark dim, I was more alone than when I had graduated college. So I want to leave you with the greatest piece of knowledge I've gained so far, an idea we should all remind ourselves in times like these. It's not about you. You're going to be happiest in my opinion, when you try to be selfless. I love how David evolved to think about his employees, but his theme of perseverance and grit struck a chord with me too. And it's a theme I heard in Chris Broussard's speech as well. We'll hear more from him, Tim Cook, and more after this break. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure, I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. 
Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Math & Magic, where we're highlighting some of the best and most inspiring speeches from this week's commencement podcast. Chris Broussard is a successful sports broadcaster on Fox Sports 1 and Fox Sports Radio, but that wasn't always the case. He advanced his career through sheer determination, grit, and long hours. He attributes his success to never having a sense of entitlement, even if that meant taking unpaid jobs. Take a listen. Do not have a sense of entitlement. This business doesn't owe you anything. I don't care what school you went to. I don't care what your grade point average was. I don't care how highly you think of yourself. It doesn't owe you anything. Your mentality has got to be that I've got to earn every single promotion or advancement that I get. I'll share with you when I first started doing national television. Now, I'd been in the New York areas writing for the New York Times and done some local TV, but ESPN was starting a new television show called Cold Pizza. Now it's called First Take. Uh, and the show was at 7 a.m. Eastern time. And they were asking local writers in the New York area to come into 
their uh, studio early in the morning to do hits for the show. They weren't paying a thing and they weren't putting you in a hotel overnight. So they would pick you up early in the morning and then you would do your, do the show. I even went so far as to when I was on the West Coast covering Kobe Bryant and the San, against the San Antonio Spurs in the Western Conference Finals 2004, that I would be on cold pizza at 4 a.m. Pacific time. So I'm getting up at 2.30 in the morning to go do this show for free, no money. And I had other writers in the New York area say, I can't believe you're doing that. How desperate are you to be on television? They're not paying you anything and you're going on at 4 a.m.? I had guys say, I told them, you better get me a hotel room or I'm not doing your show. You better pay me some money or I'm not doing it. Well, now I do national television and radio for a career and some of these guys aren't as far as they'd like to be in their careers. I didn't have a sense of entitlement. I figured... This could help advance my career. I can do it. I will do it. And now I get paid great amounts of money to do television and radio. Whereas then I wasn't getting anything. Don't think that you're entitled to a darn thing in this business or in any business for that matter. Whatever field of endeavor you choose to go into. Chris, like so many of our other commencement speakers, acknowledged the importance of putting in the work. But there's another factor the CEO of Apple, Tim Cook, wanted us to consider. As he's been reading about Lincoln, he's been thinking about how important it is to race into uncertainty. Here he is talking about the courage you'll need in this time and the success that can result from it. Not being able to leave the house leaves you with a lot of odd gaps of time to fill. I've been trying to use them to read, and I keep coming back to Abraham Lincoln. I'd recommend it to anyone who wants to put these times into perspective. You'll be shocked at how clever and funny and alive his thinking still is, how this reserved and humble man managed in noisy times to call others to hope. It's also hard to imagine someone more defined by their circumstances. Lincoln found his country on fire and chose to run into the flames. And he gave everything he had to bring his people, chaotic and squabbling, fundamentally flawed, yet fundamentally good, along with him. The dogmas of the quiet past are inadequate to the stormy present, he said. The occasion is piled high with difficulty, and we must rise with the occasion. As our case is new, so we must think anew and act anew. We must disenthrall ourselves, and then we shall save our country. Graduates, your case is new. For you, the old dogmas have never been an option. You don't have the luxury of being enthralled. You enter a world of difficulty with open eyes, tasked with writing a story that is not necessarily of your choosing, but is still entirely yours. You weren't promised this day. Many of you had to fight hard to earn it. Now it's yours. Think anew. Act anew. Build a better future than the one you thought was certain. And in a fearful time, call us once again to hope. Courage is also something I heard in Sienna Miller's speech too. 
Sienna never went to college, but that didn't stop her from becoming a successful actor, designer, and producer. In her speech, she talks about the importance of pushing away feelings of inferiority. She also talks about standing up for what you believe in and creating a culture that advances your standards, not the world's. In her case, that meant having the conviction to walk away from a role she was passionate about. My industry is an inspiring one, but it has not always been a place where women are respected equally with their male counterparts. This is a global issue. We still live in a rampantly patriarchal society. It is essential that as women we cultivate the sense of worth that we deserve to feel. I know it's hard. And although the world is beginning to shift, there are deep-rooted prejudices that exist around gender. Women represent over half the population. It is essential that the places you work in resemble that statistic. Be great leaders. Be the generation to really fight for equality. If you feel superior, get yourself in check. Respect the differences between men and women, people of color, the LGBTQ community, and value the contribution of everyone to a workspace. If you start a company, let that company reflect the world as it is. We need leaders, especially in this moment, who do not marginalize, who listen, who care. Be those leaders. A while ago, I turned down a project that I was passionate about when I learned that my male co-star was going to be paid more than double the salary I had been offered. I was forced to make a concession between my dignity and self-worth and a role I loved. I was being pressured to accept a value of myself which I knew was wrong. And albeit with real difficulty, self-judgment and even shame, I walked away from that part. And that changed something in me. It turned out to be a pivotal moment in my life, not because I took the part, but because I didn't. And at that moment, my worth was exactly the value I placed in myself. I guess what I'm saying is, stand up for yourself. Stand up for others. Stand up for what you know deep down is fair. So much success comes down to a sense of self-worth. Cultivate that strength as best you can. Don't value yourself based upon the responses you get from other people or some imagined perception of who you might be. And don't give yourself away to others. Hold on tight. This is your life and your experience. You might know Guy Raz's voice from How I Built This or the TED Radio Hour. I like that his speech wasn't about blind optimism, but rather was about looking for opportunities in this time. As difficult as things are right now, the world is full of opportunities. Things just waiting to be changed. And after hearing his speech, I think you might agree. Now I'm going to tell you something that may sound counterintuitive. Smile, open your eyes, look out, and understand this. You are leaping into what might be the greatest moment of possibility in modern human history. Now, before I get too deep into this, I want to explain what I mean by possibility. Possibility isn't wild-eyed optimism or a belief that history is an inevitable march towards progress. That's rubbish. Possibility allows for a whole range of outcomes. Massive failure, regression, loss. But possibility also allows for growth and resilience and recovery. And most importantly, the possibility to dream and then to realize a better way. Possibility in May of 2020 is an opportunity to reimagine and then to remake the world. 
And to do this, you're going to have to take big swings, swings for the fences, swings that will occasionally be home runs, but most of the time will be strikeouts. But if you take those swings right now, not in five years or 10 years, but right now, you will start to remake our very, very challenging world. As some of you may know, I've interviewed thousands of some of the most inspiring people on the planet. And some of them are swinging for the fences, but they need you to join them. Pat Brown, he was a biochemistry professor at Stanford. He understood that livestock production accounts for a significant amount of greenhouse gas emissions. So he started Impossible Foods with the goal of figuring out how to make meat, real meat that bleeds and sizzles from plant proteins. He's already succeeding. And if he finishes the job, it could cut carbon and methane emissions by 20 to 25%. Pat Brown didn't wait for others to make a change. He did. Jimmy Wales wanted everyone on Earth to have the same access to knowledge that he did. So he created Wikipedia as an open source online encyclopedia that functions as a nonprofit available to anyone, anywhere, anytime. He never really made any money off Wikipedia even though it's one of the most visited websites on the planet. Jimmy Wales didn't wait for others to make a change. He did. Alice Waters started a farm-to-table restaurant called Chez Panisse in the early 1970s in Berkeley. But she soon started to see how industrial farming and agriculture were polluting rivers and damaging the environment. So Alice started a movement called the Edible Schoolyard. And today, Thousands of schools across America are growing their vegetables in harmony with nature. Now, it's not going to change the entire world today, but it's a start. Alice Waters didn't wait for others to make a change. She did it herself. Alicia Garza, Opal Tometi, Patrice Cullors, they lived and breathed injustice. They didn't wait for permission. They inspired Black Lives Matter. Tarana Burke knew intimately about the silence of sexual assault victims. She didn't wait for permission. She wrote two words that changed the world. Me too. Greta Thunberg and Vanessa Nakate, still kids, ignited a movement of thousands of young people demanding climate justice. They didn't wait. They didn't ask for permission. Now, if you walk around San Francisco today, you'll see ads for startups that will deliver cannabis to your home through a sophisticated app. You'll see ads for better work productivity software. One startup even raised almost $400 million to build robots to make pizzas. We now have another new media company, this one that raised more than a billion dollars, all with the goal of creating 10-minute video clips to keep you glued to your iPhone while you wait in line at the grocery store. And look, people will make money off of these ideas, and that's fine. But if you really want to take advantage of this incredible moment in history, know this. You can make it happen by deciding to be more like Pat Brown or Alice Waters or Tarana Burke or Greta Thunberg. Don't wait. Everything and anything is possible coming out of this crisis. Can you use your energy, your youth, your boldness to take a big swing for the fences to answer these questions? I think you know the answer. So we need you to spend this summer building a plan. You are the Jedis we have been waiting for. We need you to take this mission on. There may never be an opportunity like this one again in your lifetime. And it's okay to feel scared. This is a hard time. 
But I promise you, you have been given a gift. Now, right now, it's your time to run the world. Here are the keys. And don't look back. And one more thing. May the force be with you. That's it for this week's Math and Magic. The speeches I drew from barely skimmed the surface, from General Stanley McChrystal to Katie Couric, Ryan Seacrest to Hillary Clinton, Halsey to Bill and Melinda Gates. We've got 50-plus inspiring commencement speeches waiting for you on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. Go check them out. That's commencement speeches for the class of 2020. Until next time, I'm Bob Pittman, and thanks for listening. That's it for today's episode. Thanks so much for listening to Math and Magic, a production of iHeartRadio. The show is hosted by Bob Pittman. Special thanks to Sue Schillinger for booking and wrangling our wonderful talent, which is no small feat. Nikki Etor for pulling research, Bill Plax and Michael Azar for their recording help, our editor Ryan Murdoch, and of course, Gail, Raul, Eric, Angel, Noel, Mango, and everyone who helped bring this show to your ears. Until next time. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get ready for Smart Money Happy Hour. Pull up a chair. It's the happy hour you wish your friends were having. Mix two money experts with some hot takes and a splash of nostalgia, and you get me, George Campbell. And me, Rachel Cruz, talking unfiltered about what's going on in the world, pop culture, and how to afford a life you love. We're talking money, celebrity budgets, and my budget for my two French Bulldogs. It's a lot. (laughs) You'll hear it all on Smart Money Happy Hour. Listen on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.